Hello, 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 and welcome to the Power From Port podcast. I am your host, Jamie, and tonight I will be previewing Port Adelaide's match against the GWS Giants in round 20 of season 2021. Participated at Metricon Stadium Sunday at 3.10 Eastern Standard Time. But first of all, let's just focus our attention onto the week in the news. Um, So this week uh, started off particularly about the whole COVID situation and the uncertainty around that. Uh, You know, when are we playing? Where are we playing? Are we going to be able to return to Adelaide? Are we going to have to go back to Melbourne? Um, There was a lot of uncertainty about that. But come Friday, uh, we have a time, we have a venue, and we know what our plans are after that. So like I said, we're playing at Metricon Stadium on Sunday afternoon. So, you know, with a quite a good Port Adelaide team, um, you know, we're, we've been quite used to the Friday and Saturday nights, uh, particularly this year, um, but we have to settle for a Sunday afternoon game. But I think that was more so due to the fact that there was so much uncertainty and gave the AFL as much time as possible to um, organise all that stuff. And yeah, look, we're returning to Adelaide um, straight from the game. So it's going to be a big day on Sunday, waking up early and then moving towards um, a victory, hopefully, um, and then heading straight back to Adelaide. So three cities in one day type of operation. Um, but, yeah, super happy that um, that all got sorted out. And that means that the showdown, albeit we can't go, being a, a Adelaide home game, but um, it means that it will be in Adelaide. Um, uh, the next point I wanted to raise, obviously, we uh, – hit a membership record this year um, of 61,687 members, which is amazing. Um, amazing considering that we're still in, um, I wrote it on my Facebook page, uh, you know, we're still in some sort of uncertain times. So uh, with all the buzz around the club to uh, hit an all-time record, um, that's, a, that's a fantastic effort. And um, it shows that people are really uh, engaged with the club and are confident going forward. As you would hope, finishing top of the minor round last year and only just missing out in the grand final by one kick. Um, that beats our previous record of 61,442, which was in 2018. Um, after another finals berth, but a, a heartbreaking loss, as we all know. Um, but six, uh, the 61-odd thousand this year was up from 51,253 last year in the full COVID uh year um so again fantastic effort considering that we're you know just a suburban club from adelaide um making their way in the afl and during the week it's a bit disappointing i don't want to bring um a certain team from down the road up too often on this podcast i'd much prefer to focus on us but it's kind of disappointing to uh just see some of the uh, the comments, and I, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, there is that back and forth generally in a two team town. <laughs> Just people questioning the validity, and um, you know what size of those memberships and whatnot. And it's definitely sour grapes. Um, uh, we don't have to you know, second guess that. That it's definitely what it is. Um, but hey. It is what it is, and look, it's not the AFL audited number. Uh, I think the AFL 
specifically count season ticket holders and then adjust the figures based on that. But as far as I know, even in that regard, we look to beat our previous record of the AFL audited number anyway. So it's a huge milestone for the club and it just shows that we're going in the the right direction. Uh, The board and um, Matthew Richardson, obviously part of our Chasing Greatness plan is to aim for that 100,000. I would assume that means 100,000 Port-recognised members. So anything from your club 1870 members right down to your few game membership holders. But, uh, I mean, if if we can reach that goal, it it means that we're in great shape and the club is definitely on its way to success and sustainability, which we strive for being in a national competition. Um, The other thing I wanted to... Uh, touch on was uh, it'd probably get forgotten about um uh, sorry second to last point i wanted to make was just a small little woman of well women of pfc sorry let me repeat that women of pafc video that um, recently come out i think either yesterday or the day before um on the port adelaide app and um just highlighting obviously our uh, bid for the aflw competition uh and just a couple of uh, highlights of some women involved uh, historically with the PAFC and uh, just watching that um, you know obviously we all know our club's vision to go into China so it meant that we uh, missed out on the the first Adelaide uh, AFLW license but um, I don't know just watching that, that video it just made me proud to be a supporter of this club and knowing that we we obviously have a rich history, which I don't need to go over again, but a rich history with some of the women and some of the volunteers involved with our club over the years. Um, it was a really heartwarming video to go along with what we've already seen in regards to our bid. And, um, yeah, I, I just put my shoes in uh, – uh, sorry, I put myself in the shoes of the, the powers that be in regards to when we – get admitted into the AFLW. We obviously know it's coming, but it could be one or two years away, uh, depending on uh, what their verdict is. But, yeah, just really heartwarming to see that we have such a connection um, from a female sense in football. And, look, um, it doesn't really faze me when we when we enter the AFLW, but um, hopefully sooner rather than later on that one. I just wanted to highlight that because... I was watching it um, on my bus ride home from the city yesterday night, uh, last night, and um, yeah, it was just a nice video to watch, so I wanted to pay some attention to that. Um, my last point, which I didn't have written down, uh, was just all the vitriol about Alastair Clarkson. Obviously, at the time of recording, um, it's uh, five o'clock on Friday, uh, and as we know, we uh, he has chosen to finish up at the end of this year, so Sam Mitchell can take over at Hawthorne. Um, don't want to talk about Hawthorne too much, but just wanted to put my opinions in. Obviously, there's with Port Adelaide, there's half. It seems that half uh, uh, the camper have really got it out for Ken Hinckley, and half are fully supportive. Um, obviously, touched on in my first couple of episodes. Uh, I am a I'm, I'm optimistic person, um, optimistic of the team and how it's going, and that includes Ken. Um, we'll see, uh, uh, I mean, I can already predict that we're going to see a lot of commentary about, uh, you know, going after Clarkson now that he's available. Um, from my opinion, uh, it's a going to be very hard 
considering we signed Ken for an extra two years, but I don't think it's the right move. Um, from my point of view, uh, 2021 and 2020, uh, it's the first time since I've been a member, uh, since 2008, uh, that we've been a good team for more than one year. Um, we were an okay team in 13, obviously rebounding off a disappointing couple of years in Ken's first year. I thought we were a really good team in 2014, um, but then it dropped off and we've been pretty mediocre either side of those two years. So last year in 2020, a really fantastic year. We led the league from go to woe in terms of the minor round. Um, and I guess my fear for this year, um, going back to normal games, normal scenario, <laughs> as we thought at the start of the season, um, uh, just a minor uh, fear I had was that, you know, we couldn't back it up because I haven't seen it in my time as a member of the football club, uh, a good year that is. Um, but uh, the way I see it is we're sitting fourth now. We've had a really good year in particularly uh, considering all the injuries we've had, which I touched on in my review. We've had 13 uh, surgeries uh, this season and we're still up there. We're still competing and we have what seems as a really good squad of players. So I think to make any changes now would be a really big mistake. And again, I, I, like I said before, it'd be really hard considering we um, signed Ken to a two-year extension at the start of the season. So I don't think it's the right move. I appreciate everything Clarkson's done uh, for the Hawthorne Football Club and the legacy that he's left. Uh, I just I just wanted to put my opinion out. I don't think it's the right move. I'd like to see a good, a, a good final series with Ken. I'm really optimistic about uh, our capabilities of winning a premiership, not only this year, but in the next three to five years as what is in our Chasing Greatness plan. Um, so, look, that's the way I see it. I just wanted to put that to rest. I may talk about it again in future, but, um, yeah, it's that Clarkson news is broken today, and I, I just know that there's going to be a, a lot of commentary in the port chat groups around about chasing him, and I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, but anyway, let's get into the match at hand. Um, so, firstly, uh, we've just got the teams in uh, for Sunday match being a, a Friday night. Um, so it looks like for GWS... We've got uh, James Peatling and Toby Green coming in. Um, and Adam Kennedy, Jake Riccardi and Tanner Bruin uh, all out. Uh, Kennedy injured. Riccardi was the Maddie sub and Tanner Bruin has been omitted. Uh, for us, uh, we've got the obvious one, Aratio Fantasia. On Monday when I recorded my Collingwood pre uh, review, uh, I wasn't quite sure. We weren't quite sure whether he was one or two weeks away. And then I think on Tuesday, it, uh, they pretty much said, or Monday night after I'd recorded, that uh, he was basically ready to come in. And I said in my review that I think that the, the obvious change for that was Boyd Woodcock coming out. Um, and that's that's what's happened. Um, he's been omitted. Look, I don't think Boyd Woodcock's played terrible games. Uh, I thought he's contributed as well as he could, ha could have. Um, hitting the scoreboard. Uh, on a couple of occasions over the last two weeks, but someone has to go and Aratio Fantasia, who was leading our goal kicking before he faced his first kind of series. I think 
it was before he went out um, and he's been out ever since. He was leading out goal kicking. So you're going to bring him straight back in for a guy like Boyd Woodcock every day of the week. Sam Mays has also been omitted from the Medi sub role. Uh, who knows, he may get it again. Uh, that'll be decided upon um, come Sunday. Um, so looking to our opposition, uh, GWS such an up and down year for them. They started pretty terribly, I think going 0-3 at the start of the year and then rallied um, in the fourth round and have just been, uh, quite honestly, a terrible team to tip this year. Um, As you would imagine, uh, being around that 8th to 10th mark, um, we as Port fans know personally, when we were in our kind of 8th to 10th rungs, um, uh, you know, 18 and 19, 15 and 16, uh, people would have been thinking of that about us. I mean, good on our day, but didn't bring our best every single week and very inconsistent. And that's been GWS for me this year. Um, they've had, uh, in the last five rounds, they've had the two wins and the three losses. Their average winning margin is 11 points and their average losing margin is 15 points. Um, obviously, since the buy, we know they've drew with, the Kangaroos, they've beaten Melbourne, but then they've lost to the Suns the week after. So really hard to gauge, and it sets up a really interesting game uh, on Sunday against us. Obviously, they're playing for, uh, you know, to secure their spot in the eight a bit further, and we're obviously playing uh, for our top uh, top four spot. Uh, so, like I said, really interesting matchup because... We know at our best and with our, some of our better players coming back that we're definitely a top four quality side. However, we come up against a GWS giant side that is playing for their season. So every game for them for the last month is basically a final. Um, so we're going to have to be on our game. Uh, GWS, their average score for the last five rounds has been 67 points uh, for and uh, their average score against is 72 points. So looking at that, their average score, it's about that 10-goal mark. And in my review of the Collingwood game, I mentioned that uh, if you give me an opposition kicking 10 goals, I generally back us to beat them because, like I said, we're about a 14- or 15-goal team on our day. Um, So for them kicking an average score of 67 points, I'd probably take that. but as well as that, their average score against is 72 points. So I've noticed in the last five rounds, um, they've kind of uh, been a bit defensive. Um, I think that's because they're missing a bit of quality around the ground, um, most notably in their defence. Uh, it's been talked about this season that they've kind of had a makeshift defence at times. Um and it's just showed, in particular, last round against Essendon, they kind of really just shut it down um, and made Essendon work after half time. Um, going on to our form, for the last five rounds, we're four wins and one loss. As we know, our average winning margin is 21 points and our one loss netting us a 31-point loss against Melbourne, which, I mean... It was pretty disappointing at the time, but not a real um, reflection uh, in terms of losses, uh, only having the five this year. But um, by and large, we've been a pretty reliable 
side this year, considering the injury toll that we've had, like I mentioned before, um, except for that Melbourne game. And look, I don't know. I was there at the Melbourne game um, where I sit. Uh, I'm up on the third tier on the uh, the eastern side, um, but at the front, and you get a really good vantage point of uh, AFL teams and how they set up and how the play unfolds. I just kind of noticed that um, we played very safe football. Uh, we were kind of tall. We brought Cleary back into that game, and Melbourne, to their credit, they came in with a really good uh, game plan to – uh, flood back and then considering we were tall beat us with speed on the way back and kicking some of that transition goal so since then uh you know we've come up against st kilda and collingwood and and kind of have reversed that a little bit um we locked it down against st kilda but really played that front half game which we weren't against melbourne and then with collingwood playing that front half game again but good transition from half back and good attacking game plan particularly from the likes of dan houston Riley Bonner and Carl Amon coming inside 50. Um, our average score for the last five rounds has been 79 points uh, for and 68 against. So uh, on paper, I guess you take that and that matches up pretty well, but obviously the game's not played on paper and there's just a few things that we're going to have to get through um, if we're going to get the four points on the day. So... Uh, as we know, uh, the GWS midfield is as good as any. Uh, two years ago, they played in a grand final. Um, and in terms of their midfield, it hasn't really changed. Uh, they got some great players in Josh Kelly, uh, Jacob Hopper, Tim Taranto. Um, and then you've got Lockie Whitfield, who is a halfbacker, but he comes off and, you know, they're more or less midfielders these days. Um, so... In terms of the midfield, when you put them up against each other on their day, they can um, they can hurt you. Uh, we know how good Josh Kelly is at the best of his game, and um, uh, Jacob Hopper is in actually some pretty good form, averaging uh, about twenty five disposals a game. Um, so. I guess the criticism, particularly before the Collingwood game, was it's just the Ollie Wines, Travis Boak show for us in the midfield uh, as poor supporters, and particularly when you go to games, um, you know that Willem Drew has been having a great season and then having that best on ground last week. Uh, but it's going to take a whole midfield effort. Carl Amon um, coming in there and uh, having Xavier Dersma back last round, uh, I'm really uh, banking on him to. Uh, you know, step up again, Dan Houston rotating through the midfield as well. So um, I think that uh, although Willem Drew had a big game last week, I expect him to play a, um, a defensive role on one of those mids. Um, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it changes around a bit uh, with Ollie again, um, like it did against Collingwood. But yeah, that's my expectation straight off the bat is Drew's going to, Probably nullify Kelly or Hopper. They seem to be the most damaging. Taranto is averaging more disposals than them. But, um, yeah, it's uh, Kelly or Hopper for me um, to get tagged. They provide more metres gained for GWS. So um, that's my first point. I mentioned Lockie Whitfield before. His runoff halfback is vital for GWS. And uh, we've all come to know the term the orange tsunami. And he's a big player in that. 
they haven't been uh, quite as um, damaging with that um, moniker uh, this season in particular, but um, it doesn't mean that they've forgotten how to play that way. And Lockie Whitfield is a big proponent in playing that uh, tsunami game style if they want to go to that. Uh, so uh, with Lockie Whitfield in the past, sometimes that we've beaten him or beaten uh, GWS in moments or in games like last season's game, um, we've nullified his attack off halfback and it's required a forward to play somewhat of a defensive role. Um, so in that regard, I, um, I'm looking to Sam Pau Pepper uh, to pay close attention to him. He's got that energy and he has been playing a bit more forward this season. I think for Sam, it's more to do with the fact that he had that layoff at the start of the year. I don't know if that's affected his match fitness or if he was banked before he had that layoff to play uh, more so in the forward lines. Personally, I think Sam Pepper is a great midfielder, a great impactful midfielder when he's on it and in his best form. But this year we're seeing a bit of a different position for him. And I think just with his erratic uh, nature, or not erratic, just his um, hunger to uh, take players on and really uh, he's a tackling machine uh, when he's in his best form and, and being in that forward role, I've pipped him to knuckle down on Lockie Whitfield to uh, negate Lockie's attack off of halfback. Uh, but as well as that is if we can cause some pressure around the ball in our forward line, like I expect us to, especially with the forward half game that we seem to be playing the last couple of weeks, then Sam Pepper is like a battering ram and, and he'll just um, either run through a contest or provide that um, defensive backup that you want and pressure. Um the next point I made was uh, about uh, their incoming player in Toby Green. Uh, it's a big in for GWS. Uh, he's done fantastically as a standing captain this year, from my point of view. Um, they just look a better team with him in it. He's super dynamic and he can hurt you either in the middle, but particularly up forward um, where he's averaging, I think, two and a half goals a game. Um I looked at our game last year and take from it what you will being in a highly COVID-affected um, and match-shortened uh, year. Um, we only held him to the one goal. Um, so I trust our defence. Uh, it's historically been our best line. They lowered their colours last week, as I mentioned in my review of that game. Uh, but I really back him to knuckle down. I think uh, a player like Ryan Burton will get the job on green. I think... Um, I quickly watched the match highlights of last year's game and I noticed that Burton was on him um, for parts of that game. So I think he's got the versatility, the burst speed to go with um, Toby Green. And uh, I do think Burton's a good kind of honest defender in that back line, um, but has that attacking flair. And uh, I think he's... <clears throat> excuse me, going to have to be on his game to beat uh, Toby Green. Um, for And that'll go a long way to us winning the game. Um, as we know, GWS, they've got a few key forwards um, in Finlayson, uh, Himmelberg, and now Jesse Hogan. I don't think uh, Finlayson is playing, but uh, Jesse Hogan offers uh, a tall timber target for them. Harry Hummelberg is a bit medium, 
and he's a bit up and down. Uh, I guess you could say Jesse Hogan is a bit up and down. He's a bit of an unknown for us because we haven't played against him in the GWS setup, and he is a bit of a bigger body. Um, uh, like I said, I, d- I trust our defensive setup, and I think it will take a, a, a whole defensive effort to cut off these players. Like um, Jesse Hogan is a bit of a bigger body, um, and then we have Alir, who is slight but tall. Um, we have Jonas, who's a mid-size that plays taller than his height, and he's um, probably a strong candidate to go up against Hogan. Um, and Mackenzie, who's had a great year, um, albeit quite a game last week, but had a great year and um, really good at positioning himself uh, in a um, in a contest um, and outmarking his opponents and then hurting them on the way back. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's probably going to be Jonas or McKenzie uh, for Hogan, um, but we just still have to keep our eye on um, Harry Himmelberg, who's capable of kicking uh, a bag of goals, uh, but fairly inconsistent from my point of view. Um, and I think if he's a bit of a confidence player and if we can get in his head early, then um, that'll go a long way to quieting his effect on um, the game. Um, moving to the ruck, uh, they've kept Shane Mumford in the team, as you would. If I was picking their team, I would pick Mumford. I know that I don't think he wants to play that much. Um, wanting to support some of the up-and-comers, but he's their best ruckman. Uh, he is just a big body. He likes to harass his opposition. He likes to beat up on them. He's imposing. Um and in that regard, yeah, um, I think Lysette um, and Laddams have got their work cut out for him. Um, but in saying that, um, Lysette is a big guy and he's playing with that aggressive bent uh, this season. It, it's forced him to miss a few games, as we know, and he's come close to the line a couple of times. But I think he's in good position to go up against Mumford. And, I mean, having the chop out with Laddams and to a uh, a lesser extent, Dixon, when it's in the forward line. Um, I think they can really buddy up and kind of put the work back into Mumford when he's playing that lone role. Um, so uh, I'll be watching uh, with close intent uh, in that ruck battle. To And I really have high hopes for Scott Lysette. Obviously, coming back from that long layoff, um, he, he needs that time to build like he did uh, at the start of the season, he he had to build into the season, and then uh, when he did get suspended, I think when he was at his peak form. So now he's had a good body of work since coming back in, um, and he's primed to take on Shane Mumford. Um, so for our front end, um, the, the Giants are lacking in defence. They've obviously got a, a very handy uh, key defender in Phil Davis, a previous captain. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they've kind of, like I, I think I mentioned before, they've had to plug a few holes and they've had some good success um, against their other mid-table rivals in, you know, their Idens and Sam Taylors um, and uh, players of that ilk. They've kind of just been doing their part in the absence of um, some of their better defenders um, throughout the year. Um, but I think it's an area we can exploit. Our tools obviously had a great game against Collingwood 
kicking the nine goals between them and playing at Metricon Stadium. I've checked the weather. It looks to be a, a very uh, great, uh, good day weather-wise, 25 degrees, I think, and sunny. So if we're um, uh, playing that attacking game plan like we have recently um, and exploiting them and not letting them set up defensively, um, I'm optimistic that our tools can carry that form. It's particularly from last week into this game. And it's, again, a game for Charlie Dixon to really impose himself. Um, historically, uh, he didn't... Uh, he obviously played last year. Again, take from it what you will uh, in shortened games. I think he only kicked the one goal, and that was uh, at a key stage, albeit. But I think he uh, he missed out uh, in 2019 against the Giants when we played them. So... Um, he'll be hungry to kick another bag. And he's kicked, I think it's um, 11 goals in the last five weeks. So, or or maybe a bit more than that. So um, he's coming into some great form at the right time of the year. Um, And having that support with Marshall, Georgiatis and Laddams keeping his spot up there, um, it's really going to stretch the GWS defence who, like I said, have been doing well, but, having all our forwards and tools um, in some good form spreads them out. And they're really going to have to be accountable for each of our forwards. And look, Marshall, uh, sorry, Georgiatis had the quiet game last week. So who knows? It it might be his turn. They may be focusing more on Marshall because he kicked the three goals straight. And then that's the benefit that we have with uh, our setup. Georgiatis may take over as the the Robin to Dixon's Batman, if you will. Um, And obviously having Fantasia come back in, uh, it provides us that uh, dynamic edge if it does go to ground. Um, We're really coming into um, a great forward setup again, uh, getting him back and expecting the likes of Robbie Gray coming uh, going forward. Um, But then as well with Zach Butters, Connor Rosie rotating through there, uh, it's really damaging or has the potential to be really damaging uh, if we can best deliver it up forward. Um, so with that forward half game, um, we really have to starve their opportunity because uh, I don't think they're, they're not a high-scoring team, as I mentioned before. So if we further add to that pressure up forward and just starve their transition and their opportunity, I think they're going to struggle to score. Um, uh, With our defence lowering their colours a little bit, I think they'll be primed to um, rectify that. And that starts in the middle as well, uh, who probably were a little unaccountable at times and allowed Collingwood uh, a much more free-flowing transition um, on turnover and from the back lines. So, uh, like I said, if you give me 10 goals, I'll take it. But I, I could probably, if we're on, uh, I'd expect our forward half game to staff them of that and probably keep them to seven or eight goals. Um, but going on from that point, I watched the, the KO Mini of the Essendon GWS game from Sunday just gone. And obviously, Essendon were in control of that game at halftime, and then they only kicked one goal after halftime, and GWS kicked six. Uh, I noticed that Essendon got really sloppy 
in the second half in particular and just gave up some weak positioning, which allowed GWS to get their forward game going. Um, again, that was a battle against another potential uh, eight seed. Um, they're all kind of bunched in there and uh, Essendon are capable of playing well on their day, but yo-yoing much like GWS. And yeah, I noticed that their defensive efforts were lacking at times and allowed GWS really good looks at it. So when you take that into consideration and looking at our defensive game and our defensive setup and just the quality that we have from forward all the way back to our last line, I bank on us to really put up a stronger, tighter defensive effort than Essendon, particularly in that second half. I don't really have to convince many people of that. Um, uh, It's just something that I noticed just uh, watching uh, that short. And I guess take what you want from 20 minutes of highlights in the KO minis. But um, yeah, there's just a few examples of some poor defense, which led to GWS goals and, Uh, unless we're really off, um, I can't see some of those examples happening. Um, Just on an interesting note, obviously uh, last year being a difficult year to gauge, um, I looked back at the 2019 game, which was pretty interesting, obviously two years ago now, but it was a full game with um, full four quarters. um, And uh, just interesting. Interestingly enough, um, Riley Bonner was actually one of our better players in that game. He had the 28 disposals, eight marks, three tackles and three clearances as well. So we've noticed that in the last two weeks for us, Riley Bonner has performed quite well, in my opinion. Um, And as Port supporters, we strive, or we don't strive, we hope that he can back that up uh, week on week. And like I mentioned in my review, set that as a baseline and then have better games on top of that um, throughout the year. So, look, um, with him being given a licence to have that attacking flair, and if he's using it at 83%, like he has been over the last two games, um, he can get his 28 disposals. I'll be very happy with that. And I don't think it's something that GWS would be banking on. They'll obviously be putting a lot of attention into the likes of Ollie Wines. Travis Boak, um, Dan Houston, I expect a bit of attention, um, and then some of our forwards. And and um, I think it's a good opportunity for him to, yeah, just continue with that form and take advantage of GWS. Um, so the last point that I wanted to talk about before I get into my game prediction was uh, just um, uh, Travis Boak. I uh, don't really have to talk about him too much in my first Two episodes, I uh, spoke uh, quite um, at length about him in particular, but he takes over as our number one uh, games played for Port Adelaide in the AFL. So just wanted to highlight that. It's a great achievement and uh, uh, one that I know that he will be looking to seal the deal in, move forward and yeah, keep pushing on to closer to 400, which is his goal. So just wanted to congratulate him. Um, I was there for Kane Corns' 300th, and we all know that, that ended. He probably could have played more, but finished on a nice round number, and um, now it's Trav Boak's turn to hold that number one mantle and um, really run with it for what may be quite a long time yet. So, yeah, 
good on him. Congratulations. Uh, he deserves a win in his 301st, much like he did in his 300th. So moving on to my game prediction, um, like I've said, it's a really interesting setup, this game. Uh, it could realistically go either way. However, uh, we do match up well against lower teams, as we know. So we'll consider, even though this is a team in the top eight and there's been plenty of commentary, which I don't necessarily agree with about poor against top eight sides. Um, just on a side note, before the weekend, Western Bulldogs record against top eight teams was the same as ours, I believe. So take that how you will. Um, but getting back onto GWS, I expect us to beat them. We are the better team. And uh, I think us playing for top four is much more important than them playing for top eight. Um, so look, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Uh, I still think it's going to have its ebbs and flows like any modern football match, but I do expect us to get the win by 15 points. Um, my best on ground prediction, um, it may seem like a pretty easy one, um, but I'm going to go Ollie Wines. He's just having a fantastic year. Um, now, look, if he does get swapped with the likes of, uh, say, a Drew to play a defensive role, that may uh, hinder his best on ground um, uh, chances, uh, but I don't think he'll care at all. Um, in saying that, I just think he he's just playing such a a big, imposing role in the middle, and um, I don't think that GWS have the midfielders to kind of match that um, in close. Um, Callan Ward is a a, a real uh, contested beast, um, but Ollie Wines just has that big body and he's a man on a mission this year. Um, you can really tell that, A, he wants to have a great consistent season, but he really wants to provide success for the club. So, yeah, he's my pick for best on ground um, and he'll probably finish with three points, um, which is great. My big improver from last round, I've got Xavier Jersma. Um, he came in fresh off of a couple of games in the SANFL last week and uh, like I mentioned in my review, uh, I uh, first of all, I figured I thought he had, came a bit um, slow at times. Not slow, but just you could really tell that he was lifting a level. Watched the game again, and he had a better game than I thought. Um, uh, but uh, I still think there's a lot of room for him to uh, improve on. And he's yeah, we all know what he's going to do. He's going to run all day long from end to end, really work over his opposition. Um, and I, he finished with the 18 disposals. Um, if he can get above that 20 mark, I think that'll be great. Um, uh, and uh, I watched his interview earlier in the week and he mentioned that he was just double grabbing it a bit, um, which was uh, I noticed as well uh, in the game against Collingwood. So if he can, yep, another week, clean up a little bit, um, Provide that link up from defence to attack. Uh, that'll go a long way to us winning. And yeah, I, he's my pick for the biggest improver this game. Um, uh, I'm just uh, just going to try this out for a little bit. Um, those who know me personally know that I don't mind having um, a bit of a bet. Uh, but my philosophy is uh, consistent, safe, long-term betting. Um, really reduce your risk. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Uh, I know, hey, look, if you are a proponent of chucking a whole heap of legs in a gut shot multi, and look, if you come off with it, all the credit to you, fantastic. You've won a lump sum of money, but um, uh, my kind of philosophy is uh, low risk, consistent reward. So um, my just having a look at uh, just a couple of markets, my best bet for the game, uh, the line is at 12.5 points. Um, so like I predicted, Port to win by around 15 points. I think that line is a bit low. I am picking us to win, and I do think it would be more than two goals. So that line of uh, 12.5 points seems attractive to me, and uh, that was at the TAB as of about five minutes ago. Um, so gamble responsibly. Um, don't bet any more than you're willing to lose. Um, and, yeah, that's my pick. Um, just before I go, uh, obviously this is a new podcast. I really want it to do well. Um, I do have a Facebook page, so if you could, uh, like that and look, um, I'm posting stuff throughout the week, really want to engage. I want to have a chat to everyone. I'm I'm more than happy to have a football chat debate, a healthy debate, hopefully. Um, but yeah, just want to, just want to open up the conversation about some of my thoughts, some of your thoughts, um, and yeah, really want that to build. If you're listening to this on any of the main uh, podcast platforms, I'd really appre- appreciate a rate and review. That helps me out uh, with aims to uh, really build and um, yeah, build on my confidence, I guess you could say, uh, with these recordings going forward. So yeah, would really appreciate a like on Facebook and a rate and review, uh, a good rate and review, particularly on um, uh, those popular podcast platforms. Um Look, go Port. I hope you do well. I expect us to do well and really um, keep the hold of that fourth spot. Um, tune in. Uh, the preview for the game should be early next week with the game on Sunday. Um, probably looking at a Monday or a Tuesday for the review episode. So just stay tuned, hopefully on Facebook or on the podcast platforms that you already have. Uh, but that's all from me. I hope you have a great weekend. I know I certainly am booked in for a good one. Um, But until next week, go port. Bye for now.